There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Guitarnerds are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers, and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help guitars look, sound, and play their best. After two years of research and development, and in a collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad has developed the Keep It Simple setup. They demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anybody can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great. With their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, loads of how-to videos, as well as complete setups up video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com. Follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare and kiss your guitar with Music Nomad's Keep It Simple Setup. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by JD Short. Hello. And Naomi McLeod. Hi. Yes, exactly. Hi indeed. And welcome back, dear listener. Welcome to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. We're fast approaching the end of the year, gear of the year, stuff like that. We obviously we talked we talked a lot about the our gear of the year predictions. Um, but you know, it's interesting to see one thing I want to talk about on this week's episode is, you know, listener, I don't know if you've seen. If you haven't, you definitely need to check it out. Reverb have released their top top selling products in categories um for the year and what's really cool is they've even done things like top selling you know effects that were released in 2021 as well as you know top overall products um it, apparently that's something they've done every year i did not know but it's uh, it's really cool really interesting so i thought i'd talk about some of those because there are some very interesting and very surprising some some less surprising but some very surprising things in that list i appreciate of course, you know, Reverb, I guess, 
Well, no, I guess it doesn't skew things. It's kind of an honest, an honest version of it because it's so so much is dominated by pre-owned and second-hand stuff, and you know, not not every retailer has a, a reverb shop, so it's not like a completely accurate list to you know what 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 is popular, but it's very interesting nonetheless. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about some things like that. And me, and me, I, 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 uh, I was at the the Ashdown pop up shop again on Denmark Street this weekend. Dear listener, that was a that was a, a lot of fun. I mean, it was it was a little premature because we 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 definitely got a bit overexcited and we're like, let's open the Ashdown pop up shop again, and sort of forgot that we we didn't have a lot of Ashdown amps until the next shipment arrives in December. So there were like six amps there, but we did a. We did it collaboratively with Court and Sandberg, so um, they had a bunch of their very cool bases uh, in the shop, as well as all the Ashdown stuff. So that was a lot of fun. And when I was there on Saturday, JD turned up. JD came down to keep me company, which uh, which was rather good. And we got to we got to kind of have a go at, at most of the things that were that were there. So, some interesting revelations, I thought about about like Sandberg and some of the court stuff. How did, uh, how did you find the, you know, the selection of instruments you got to play? I, I mean, one, it was just, I just want to say it's really nice to be back in a shop and just spend an hour or so just playing 10, 12 different bases. Yeah. Uh, that was excellent. <laughs> um, I will say like what, uh, with the court bases, like they just had a complete full range of anything you wanted from, a really excellent uh, jazz style bass for right around what was it like four fifty five hundred yeah, sub yeah, five hundred pounds sub five hundred pounds yeah it was I mean I think that was one of my favorites there to then to then seeing you know like the the single cut neck through multi scale uh, you know four hundred and twelve band EQ you know like <laughs> onboard preamp bass uh, which also. I really did enjoy. Like I, 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 I thought playing it was fine, but I was like, this actually sounds really good. Like I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, so like a lot of the court stuff was great. Um, got to play some of the, you know, fun different pickup combinations that Sandberg has, and everything there. And then you know the, the Ashdown basses that were there. I still really like playing all those as well. So it was, yeah, it was really, it's really great fun just playing all the all the different. One's that, oh, there's the, the other court bass that, that reminded me of my old, uh, the neck through sound gear that I used to have, the Ibanez sound gear from the like, mid 90s era. And I was like, oh, this is, they, they're all really excellent. I, there I was thoroughly a real, enjoyed them. There know. was a real Ibanez feel to some yeah. of those. I appreciate court make a lot of Ibanez's entry level stuff. So obviously they were. They were leaning on that a little bit, but you know, yeah, it had that that sort of um, satin finish, high quality satin finished wood feel that Ibanez seemed to nail a lot. All the courts, all the modern courts, had that, and um, like Bartolini pickups, yeah. Bartolini preamps in a lot of them, Mark based preamps in some of them, which I think were the cheaper <coughs> preamps essentially. Um, but but yeah, like that great. Great hardware, great pickups. Most of the stuff there was at least under a thousand pounds, if not, you yeah. know, under five hundred pounds. Yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed with a lot of the court stuff, and I have had like named and labeled court uh, bases before, and um, 
so it's just yeah it's just really it's really cool to to play them it wouldn't be something i would often i would say if i were just shopping online or i wasn't actually playing in a shop i don't know that i would have i would have gravitated towards them but yeah you know like i know you and i talked about that that one jazz bass that was sub 500 was one of one of the the top performers of everything that was there so, I, I thought yeah. that was really interesting um actually because the all the sandberg stuff was there and you know we said it at the time the sandberg stuff was there which they do sort of p and jazz types you know there were there were some good like german made sandbergs jazz type guitars you had the korean built ashdown mm. jazz basses and you had the the court uh, the court bases, which were the Ashdowns were grand, the Sandbergs were eighteen hundred, and the courts were less than five hundred. If we're just talking about the jazz bases, and you know the, the courts were really good. I thought features wise, mm, yeah, they were the best because they had like it was like baked maple necks. The finish was really good. It I really like like it had a a nice uh, boost only active preamp in there although to be honest i think we both agreed we just left it flat like it didn't yeah. do that much that preamp but still nonetheless you can swap out a, a preamp it, it it was just feature packed the sandberg i expected to like a lot more because there's yeah. a lot of hype around the brand they certainly look like they're very high quality but actually when i came to play them i was like this is i don't know that i'd pay this amount of money in comparison to what companies like fender are putting out also if you blind tested me between that court jazz and that sandberg i don't know which one i'd i'd pick as the the pricey the the, the more expensive one hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was really impressed with that. Uh, certainly with that that jazz bass that they had and then yeah i uh, overall just really impressed but I, I agree with you like the the blind test i think would have been would have been fun had we had, had we done it yeah <laughs> and and been like oh which which one's which but yeah and i mean that court felt really good as well like i don't know that if i were playing it you would you would know the difference either which is which is also one of you know is a thing that should matter less but matters at least as much as what it actually sounds like so yeah 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 
great. Yeah, absolutely. The, I, I, I feel like uh, it's kind of seeing those courts and getting to play those courts made me sort of check out the courtguitars.com website again and look at all their things for not just bass, but for guitars as well, because the, the quality of those instruments is undeniable and they almost, they don't get a, it's not a bad name. They just get glossed over a little bit as a brand. But I remember with, with the other uh, Guitar Nerds hosts, we'd probably a couple of years ago now, we talked about the Sunset TC, the Court Sunset TC. And I was, you know, checking out their website and saw that they've they've updated the finishes in the Sunset TC. It's like a, a dear listener, if you've not checked out, and actually, you know, JD and Naomi, if you haven't checked out, it's a, uh, it's, it's a bolt-on... Uh, single cut Les Paul um, Junior style guitar um, with a Tele bridge and Tele bridge pickup and a P90 in the neck. So it is this wonderful, obviously, it's more Tele sonically than anything else. P90 in the neck just makes everything a little bit better, a little bit richer and thicker. This gorgeous, lovely vintage Les Paul Jr. look means, you know, you're getting something a little bit different. The headstock looks great. Finishes a lovely open pour burgundy red. Very nice. Like I can just, you know, I've not seen one in real life, but I can imagine sort of the quality, the, that textured quality that Court seem to nail the same as yeah. Ibanez on their wood yeah. guitars. And then they also do an open pour mustard yellow, which is your, you know, your sort of a Fender Butterscotch um, style colour. But I mean, they look absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I wonder, I don't know what the price is on a Sunset TC. Court tend to be not cheap, but not expensive. They're, you know, they tend to be quite reasonably priced, which more money than you'd just take a wild punt on, but they're definitely extremely cool. Yeah, um, look, just look- looking at the Sunset TC online, I mean, there there's several all coming in in the sort of well under 400 sort of pounds what? UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, three yeah, three three hundred. yeah. I was thinking they'd be like eight hundred quid. Sure, yeah, no, I mean, a, like a point appointment wise, um, I had seen them before, but I'm just checking them out again here. Like appointment wise, particularly with the open pour, which is just so mm. delicious. They um, they really look the part of something more like seven eight hundred. But yeah, um, you will find them somewhere between three three nine to kind of three eight nine. Yeah, wow. Around nice. the internet, so yeah, I, I I personally I'd stick that back in the take a punt on basket yeah. <laughs> uh, for many but um yeah no a super super nice job of kind of hybridizing classic styles i think yeah i also think what's ridiculous is when i was looking a lot of the images i saw online were just of the body which is great and so you kind of you kind of thinking in the back of your mind like there's going to be something ridiculous happening with the headstock, isn't there? Mm. Like something, something is <laughs> just going to ruin this. Yeah, yeah, it's a real like, oh, right. Uh, but no, it's great. I really, really dig it. I like the inlays too. It's like like a overlaid double blocks. Kind oh of yeah, thing. it's yeah. it's great. It's almost like a, I don't know. Like, it looks like a. Solitaire it looks, it looks cards. Like, it looks like you, have, yeah, or you have too many instant messaging <laughs> and like notifications <laughs> up, but. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely like I love that even that, even the inlays, they're original. There's, you yeah. know, there's thought gone into that. It's attention, attention to detail. That's not just a company, you know, sort of punting out, you know, a, a, an affordable Les Paul Junior style guitar. That's, you know, I'm really into it. Like, I'm really into these, and like, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. Know, I mean, in the whole like, well, this is if you wanted another guitar or a guitar mm-hmm. that 
kind of did something else or different, like that's easily within the, I just pick one up. Yeah, sure. Like I, I, and I would do it sight uns, you know, without actually playing one just because it's, well, because I just played a bunch and I was like, yeah, these are great. Yeah. Of every, it's just real quality control for everything coming out. So yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know, dear listener, I, I have to say, after me and JD spent a day with Court Court Bases, I, I have such confidence in the brand now for anything. You know, I definitely, definitely consider taking a punt if you see something interesting. They did get a couple of uh, guitar magazine editors' choices, I think, for their baritone and one of their multi scales as well. So you know. Certainly, if you're looking for an affordable multi-scale or, you know, a reasonably priced multi-scale, you could, you know, you could do a lot worse than a guitar uh, magazine editor's choice nominated instrument. So, yeah, Absolutely. they were very good. They were very good. Did, uh, JD, did you, get to, did you get to check anything out really on Denmark Street at all? Because, did, did, you know, we, we sort of ended up just hanging out in the shop for ages. Yeah. And we, we, we swung around a few shops right at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean that was that was most of it. You know, it's it's the it generally just one like it's it's always great. And like when I go to Denmark Street, it's usually to see, you know, the ten or to fifteen bases that may interest me on the street, and then loads of pedals and just loads of random stuff you can find. And so yes, yeah, so I think most of it was there's loads of pedals. Um, like some of the some of the really old vintagey ones at like No Tom and stuff um, were interesting, and you know the and the old B fifteen in which is there um, the Ampeg B fifteen that was ugh, yeah very cool always which was you know I, I said at the time but that was that was when I was in uni that was the amp I had in the rehearsal room uh, was a mid sixties B fifteen in and I had. The they reached out after I had moved and graduated. Like they reached out to say they were, you know, replacing stuff. And if I wanted it, because I said I wanted it, but it was, and I could have gotten it at the time for, I think under a thousand US, <laughs> and and it was just it was you know it would it would have been a thing. Like I had just moved. I was like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna ship this thing which weighs ten times one of the old pv bases that everyone jokes about weighing 20 pounds you know like how am i going to get how am i going to ship this thing for under 600 you know like without like adding 60 percent on top and so i was just like oh no i don't think i can also i was broke because i was like 20 um (laughs) but it was it was it's like one of those things i just i wish i would have done um now so i i always i always have a soft spot for like that that specific, I think that one was a 64. I think the one I'm used to is a 66. So, you know, it's like that, but that still at very specific range of year of what they had. Like, I always, always feel a strong connection to those amps. So it makes me happy when I see one. Well, it's Isotope's Black Friday deals, and they have really pushed the boat out this year with three incredible bundles of some of our favorite plugins. The Holiday Bundle at only $49 includes Ozone Elements, Neutron Elements, RX Elements, and Nectar Elements, plus creative staples like Trash 2 and Iris 2, legendary exponential audio reverbs like Phoenix Verb and R2. The plugins on their Todd would be around $1,300, US so this is 
literally unbelievable. If you don't use Isotope, this is a perfect place to start. Or you can elevate your production with the Isotope Holiday Bundle Platinum Edition. Upgrades include Ozone Standard, Neutron Standard, and now you can add industry-leading polish to your music alongside Nectar Elements and RX Elements, plus Trash 2, Iris 2, Stutter Edit 2, and more. Mix, master, repair, and create with ease using this versatile 11 plugin bundle. Over 1800 US dollars in value for only 99 bucks. And finally, the Diamond Bundle upgraded to include Ozone Standard, Neutron Standard, Nectar 3 Plus, Neo Verb, and RX Elements. All the stuff that we use to make this podcast. Get yourself the gift you really want this year. The Diamond Bundle offers over 2200 US dollars in value and all for just 149 bucks. Check out all of these deals and more over at isotope.com or follow links in the description of this a podcast. Yeah, I mean, Ampeg B15s are, are absolutely fantastic. I think, you know, a lot of time they're like a studio standard recording yeah. oh, amplifier yeah. anyway. You find them all over the place. Like uh, whatever the London studio was that I went to to record the... Um, the boss dimension chorus uh demo video um they 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 put me through a, a b15 for that and it's just you know it's got such great color to it but mm-hmm. you know it, it can yeah. it's just at home being like with a load of hairy drivers it is kind of cleaning up it's it's yeah. just great it's a perfect motown machine as well um, yeah, yeah. It, well and it's i mean it's one of those things like where you can take a P bass and a B fifteen in any stu- well any studio will have a B fifteen really. You go you go in there and every engineer you work with knows exactly how to get a sound out of it. Yeah. So it's just one of those. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, great. We need when when you're paying hundreds of pounds per hour to do something, it does it it saves a lot of money in the end. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. And and you know speaking speaking of no Tom. Oh, it's, it's it's such a fantastic shop, dear listener. If you you know if you were ever able to be in London, you know near Tottenham Court Road and go into Denmark Street, No Tom is such a fantastic shop. Full of it, the the thing I love about that shop is they have such well they don't own any wall hangers. Everything's out on the floor. Um, yeah. But what I I love about that shop is you'll find something cool and interesting. That's I, I won't say affordable, but that's you know reasonably priced for something vintage. And you'll also find the extremes mm. i think at, at the time that uh that, that me and jd were going in there they've got um they've got a 1965 they've got a gold matching headstock 1965 gibson firebird 3 up for just under forty thousand. oh my lord <laughs> and it is it is beautiful and if that wasn't double the cost of you know uh homicide for hire then <laughs> then like it's probably well worth it yeah well the, dwarfing dwarfing yeah. that for price is yeah you know because <laughs> they do currently have a 1960 gibson les paul standard at the moment in their catalog uh up for 189,000 pounds um that's... Do you think they're doing a Black Friday deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so, feel like uh, if we really nail the Patreon, we can probably 
just yeah. have a few zeros left. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks incredible. I can't believe that there are still 1960 Gibson Les Paul standards, you know, knocking around. Um, you know, I mean, it it looks it looks like it's it looks like it's old, but has never aged in like a weird sense. You know, yeah, like, it's, it, like there is like no rust. There's, I mean, very, very little. You know, this like, is, this is lived under a bed, I think, in a case for <laughs> since. Oh wow! So it's not it's not even got the sort of played through its years. I think there's a little condition. bit by the, you know, where someone wore like a cool bracelet where they have like the, right. the pickup selector. Mm, you know, like mm-hmm. I think that's about the only place that was worn. Oh yeah, my god! From what I can remember, and then like a few screw holes <clears throat> and stuff that you sort of see. But yeah, sure. like it's. It's, what an instrument though like that that yeah. is that that is well into sort of <clears throat> fine art type pricing that you would hear of at auctioneers <laughs> isn't it yeah 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 exactly exactly but something that i, I you know I, the last time we were there a couple of weeks ago i spotted and i asked them for a price and i was thinking about it and it's it's, it's still there they have a, a 1959 supro super in Ooh. silver burst which which dear listener is a uh it's a three-quarter size guitar it was very much supro doing the gibson melody maker so it's a 12 fret join just a humbucker in the bridge and a, a, a just a gorgeous tailpiece the sort of uh um the kind of the shaped um I guess sort of uh, ES-175 style tail pieces that Supro were doing at the time. But yeah, lovely, lovely sort of rectangular headstock and 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 cream button tuners. I love that it's just a, a volume tone and, you know, one humbucker in the bridge. It's such a, such a cool, vibey, like mini, you know, power guitar I, I i love it i bet it sounds incredible I, you know i didn't didn't get to try it It was one of the ones that they'd sort of they've they've put very high up on the wall i know i said they had no wall hangers what they do instead is wrap these sort of leather straps around the headstock and then loop them over nails that are on the walls really weird oh really yeah. really weird that they there's no like i wonder has that been contentious over the years for <laughs> well no like honestly for for how i don't know yeah how that might put pressure on the instrument maybe it's know. better for all it, we know it's it's a it's a strange shop no tom it's like it's so mm. it's so cool and so vibey but it it looks like a house like you walk right, into okay. it's sti- there's that. been I absolutely love that. Like yeah. do, do you walk in and sort of feel like not much has changed? No, this is it. They've just years. they have obviously deliberately never ever had it fitted for being a shop because let's be honest, slap wall looks rubbish. Like it's that's yeah. not a good looking thing. So it's an inconvenient truth. It yes. absolutely is the worst. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks awful, but obviously it allows you to display lots of guitars. And that's why mm-hmm. they have most of theirs on the floor. But, you know, it's still, the walls are wallpapered and have like posters and artwork on them. There's a big, uh, there's a big like leather sofa as you walk in, because it's very much feels like you're walking into a lounge and the wallpaper looks very old. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it is just an old house. Like there's no none of those horribly bright shop lights or anything it's just you know i think there's a chandelier or whatever but it's also very small listener mm-hmm. if you've you know if you've if you've not been in this tiny sort of crammed shop that there's a sofa in for no reason it takes up so much room yeah the, the, the sofa and then you know just to make things extra weird there's always three staff in there i you you can barely get three customers in there but they have three staff 
every I mean, time I go in. To be fair, if you have if you have a hundred and ninety thousand pound <laughs> guitars, you you might as well. You're gonna have. yeah, you're gonna yeah. need one member of staff and two for security. That is that is probably what it is. Yes, yeah, just, yeah. Just thinking about this, I was while whilst you're talking, I was just remembering something I did see. Do you remember seeing that? I think it was like a '74 Gibson Marauder they had there, that was like under like two grand. I think it was right at two grand. I do and, not remember that. Ah, uh, let me let me see. Ah, oh, it's it's excellent. So the Marauder is the one that like, as as our relating things to bass has like the the Gibson headstock that has the same headstock as like the Ripper and everything. So the that big quasi Olympic-y mm-hmm. sort of um, crown, but. It, it's it just thinking about it because it reminded me of the uh, you know the chord guitars we we're talking about where like the TCs where it was just it's that like single cut slanted yeah yeah it's slanted, it's yeah. very much it's got that sunset TC vibe oh, yeah. to it or sunset Absolutely. TC has a marauder vibe to yeah it. yeah uh, <laughs> if we're going chronologically yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like in the real world not how we've spoken about guitars yeah. today but yeah yeah I mean I think that one because you look at that you're getting like a mid seventies limited run Gibson for two grand, you know, like that in the same shop that you can also buy, you know, a guitar that's more than a lot of people's like homes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, and a Gibson Marauder is, it's definitely weird, but it's cool. It's Gibson doing a telly style guitar. It very much is the sunset TC, but yeah, you know, they made it for four years. So it's, uh, you want something you know, a little slice of history. That's uh, that's very cool. A super oh yeah! So one. if this one, that one was a '74. So that is the first year they started. Yeah. So yeah. it's '74, '79. Yeah. So you get one of the early Marauders. There you go. There you go. go. But yes, it's it's a wonderful shop, no Tom, full of uh, uh, full of really interesting, really weird stuff. Should we should we talk about um, should we talk about these reverb lists? Yeah, um, absolutely. They're 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 a, they're a extraordinarily interesting let's start with the obvious let's talk about the best-selling um guitars because this this is actually most of this is you know less of a surprise um so there's they've done sort of a best-selling you know electrics basses and uh and acoustics now these these don't have to be things that were released this year or anything this is just overall Unsurprising, they 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 released the top twenty in in every category. Um, unsurprisingly, I think you'll you'll find, dear listener, twenty twenty one was absolutely owned by Fender and and Squire, like absolutely dominated. There are probably five entries, maybe less. You know, maybe four or five entries into the top twenty that are not fenders so it just goes to show you know just how well fender are doing how much they're dominating but also when you notice that it's a lot of their affordable stuff how much of a great investment fender play was for getting so you know young new players playing guitar and and also you know it's player series stuff for the top two just how well that series is done because we you know we were a big fans of it and i think anyone who picks up a fender player will be a big fan of it because they're incredibly good for the money but certainly i remember when the guitar nerds were talking about them when they were coming out we were, there was a little bit of kickback because 
there was a 150-ish pound price increase mm-hmm. from the Mexican standards to the players. And people felt that they were rebadging them and, and shoving a bunch of money on. They had actually changed a whole load of the features and had never seen quality like it from, from Fender Player. But it goes to show that people were into them because in at one and two, Fender Player Telly and Fender Player Strat. Um, you know, I am unsurprised, but also pleased that, you know, that Fender have managed to... <laughs> That are dominating so much with those two. Both great, great instruments. The thing where it really gets interesting, and I was very surprised, is in at number three, it's not Gibson. In fact, Gibson don't occur to like number eight or nine. Mm-hmm. But number three, <clears throat> the PRS Silver Sky, the John Mayer signature. I mean, dentists had a, a banner year. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you I, was, know, I was surprised to see that too. I mean, it's it's... You know, it's it's absolutely fantastic in its own right. But to make number three means that so many people must be picking these up. Well, exactly. If if you know, two places down in at number five, the American professional strap, which mm-hmm. is the closest in price and features to the PRS Silver Sky. Mm-hmm. So the Silver Sky is outselling the um, you know the number one American Stratocaster. I appreciate the Mexican Strat has pipped it, but. In its price category, PRS now make a more popular Strat than Fender, which is incredible. And um, it's a signature model as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder why that is. You know, uh, um, I was speaking to Mark Packham about it. He thinks it's because PRS have such a great reputation for build quality, mm, and this mm-hmm. is now you if you like. Fenders, if you like strats, you now have access to a PRS build quality. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I, I'm I'm I I was I'm still surprised to see it there. I'm still surprised to see a two thousand pound instrument in at number three. Do you think it's John Mayer's popularity, or do you think it's the guitar in its own right? I don't. I mean, I would say like it. I, it, generally, I would say like it, it is a really good card, and what you were just saying was where you get the 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 confidence of a PSR build quality with you know like with with your uh, PRS, sorry, um, with your like Fender like Strat style guitar. I mean, that's what I would say. The reason that it's the John Mayer signature that is above that, it's I mean, it feels like it's got to be you know related to that status, and or maybe it you know I. It makes me feel old and clueless in that I don't <laughs> fully understand how. Yeah. Like, I just, and maybe it's just, it's my echo chambery circles where I just don't understand. Um, I mean, to be fair, if it was a Pino Palladino, uh, John Mayer Strat, I'd probably get it. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. I thought it was interesting as well. Obviously, this is, you know, what's, what's trending. Telecasters, not too many in in the list. You know, the player telly, sure, was first. Affinity telly, fourth. Um, And then you got like a um, a, an American ultra telly came in uh, like fifteenth. 
But that's it. That's it for tellies. Whereas strats are virtually every other guitar. You've got the Fender yeah. Player Strat, the Fender American Professional 2 Strat, uh, the American Standard Strat, the Affinity Strat, the Professional Strat, um, the, is there, yeah, the American Standard, the old between 1986 and 2000 Strat, and the Mexican Standard Strat as well, all in the list. People are buying strats. Strats are in. Yeah, they they certainly are. I think <clears throat> I think it's good to see a um, a budget model so high up in the in the ranking, and I think it surely has to do with um, Fender finally kind of going all out with finishes in the Affinity range. Huh. That's that is a good point. Yeah, yeah. I think we're... I think anyone, and I would say myself included, who has you know who just wouldn't be a predominantly telly player whatsoever and doesn't want to absolutely splash on another sort of string to their bow. Or maybe they want to dip their toe in, in the sort of telly format and, and see how they feel. I think Affinity series has always been really good for that. I mean, as as we all know with Broncos as a way to maybe see how you feel about short scales, for example. Mm. But um, yeah, I think, I think I'm absolutely loving... I know we uh, disagree on certain... Um, player plus finishes even Joe but like I feel like finish wise Fender have been absolutely they've just gone rogue and I'm I'm absolutely loving it the last the last sort of two years or so um and seeing that in such a budget series is is a really nice touch I think yeah it's 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 nice isn't it because you think back to the Mexican and the American standards um and oh, it was off the 2010s yeah. yeah yeah and it was black sunburst red Lake, blue or Lake white Lake placid blue yeah. olympic white yeah, yeah. absolutely and they seem to have unlocked this realization that it doesn't cost them any extra to finish in different colors it literally just means you're going to sell more and yeah. of course you know yeah. the the affinity range they've included basically burgundy mist has almost become a standard color for them yeah and that's got to be one of the rarest most sought after colors that fender have ever done mm-hmm. um you know so i i completely agree i love that they're expanding the color range so much because it means that it's not just people buying a an instrument for the first time and often you think you know that your first guitar often is going to be looks you know above anything else so offering great colors for that is important but it also means that people that just fancied maybe something in burgundy mist yeah will take a punt on an affinity for a couple of hundred quid now mm-hmm. where, whereas they wouldn't before if it was just you know the, you know friday afternoon sunburst as yeah. as they all used to be yeah well or, you know it's like a bit like us where it's like or you you get you get that and then you realize that i i pay this amount of money for the for the finish it would cost me that in time and or actual money to have someone else refinish it to this color then i can just you can upgrade i mean it's the beauty of most fender stuff right is it you can chop and change everything you want to in it like whenever you see fit and so you end up with you know a highly customized guitar for not very not very much yeah i'm i'm really stoked about that i did just do the mass and it's it's over a third of the entries on the top 20 are actual Fender Stratocaster variants and or Squire <laughs> Stratocaster variants, not even including Strat style guitars. Yeah. So like, it's just like, that's, that's got to be. Flavor like, of the year. Yeah, yeah I really would is. I would be so surprised if it were that amount, if you were like, you have Strat style, 
Telly style, Les Paul, and random metal guitar uh, other category, <laughs> that it would still, like, any one of those would be, you know, 35-ish percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could completely, like, and, like, in this in the bands and the circles that, that I'm in, you... you pretty much don't see strats at all so uh this is this shows how unpopular all the music is that i am involved in um <laughs> oh don't be so hard on yourself everyone everyone in math rock just wants to be a self-proclaimed freak yeah. i yeah. think if, <laughs> yeah. i mean if if they started doing like an eight string multi-scale squire strat <laughs> i think I think that would be pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and moving on to bases, the top twenty uh, bases in their in their list, similar dominance. I, mm. I guess you'd almost expect it. Would you expect it more in bases? I guess just because you know the precision and the jazz are well, such unbelievable leviathans in the bass world. I get what I was thinking is that I was looking that there's there's much more variation in bass, which doesn't surprise right. me because because you, you also get. Because there's the Rickenbacker shows up, like a couple different flavors of Rickenbacker. You have violin basses, you have, um, you know, different, you know, Thunderbird is on there, yeah. like the Ibanez Talman, which, you know, we love. Bronco's on there, of course it is, mm-hmm. you know. And Junior, doing, Junior uh, no, Jet 2 no is in there as well. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. And Quite surprised. You see, yeah. You get like the Mustangs and, yeah, like, and the Gretsch Junior Jet. And so, so I think, like, you, if you take that as a whole, that's a lot of variation compared with the guitars, which the only the only weird thing in there was an ESP. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. true. Yeah, and it's like it's you get very classic things or an ESP, which I haven't clicked on, and I can't remember which one it is. And it's a single cut ESP. Yeah, it's, it's their is, Les yeah, Paul. Less poly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's. I guess you're right. There is definitely more variation. Still dominance, like the precision oh, yeah. precision bass coming in first and second. Fender player again. So in both categories, guitar and bass, Fender player make the most popular mm. thing. Um, in second, the Squire Affinity, PJ, PJ this time. I went P, PJ, and J. Yeah, J- jazz in mm-hmm. third. I'm just, I'm so surprised that anything could, like the jazz should be first or second. I'm very surprised to see it in third and kind of yeah. to see a, almost a lack of you know well there are some jazzes occurring at the real bottom end of the table sort of 18th and 19th you've got a fender standard jazz bass and a squire classic vibe 60s jazz bass which i i still think is the best jazz bass that you can buy yeah. mm-hmm. um but uh, you know i guess just as a jazz, i i think of the jazz bass as being the more popular just because it's more versatile but certainly I guess with young players, certainly, I, I don't know, like, we're seeing a lot of grunge at the moment. Grunge is very, very popular, and that's more of a precision-based tone than anything else. But I'm not going to say, you know, that obviously I'm not suggesting that's the sole reason the P-Bass is, is top. Mark and Jay would obviously disagree with me. Both of them think the precision-based is the most important invention of the 20th century. Certainly, Mark Packham was was going on to be uh, going on recently about um the if you listen to the the when the precision bass or the electric bass first turned up in rock and roll the amount of impact that had tonally on the genre mm. moving over from a double bass is probably the single biggest um progression that popular music has ever had yeah mm. that, and that's yeah it's it's as big as actual sense yeah I yes think, absolutely yeah 
And yeah. and I mean, I'm happy to go on for another 40 minutes about like how impactful the electric bass was because it's the only one that is a completely different instrument in that guitar is the same scale length. You just made it electric. Bass, completely different scale lengths mm-hmm. than your 40 plus and stuff. But yeah, so I think that's great. I will just say to that that, you know, Leo Fender then intentionally made it better by making the jazz. That was the whole point of making the jazz. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to argue with Leo. So, <laughs> but um, but you know, Rickenbacker, as you said, JD, Rickenbacker with their four double O three and the four double O three S, um, which is a you know the the one with the dots rather the than Quisquire, the Squire, yeah, or what similar, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a couple of hundred quid cheaper, isn't it? No binding and uh, no block inlays on the on the S. But coming in at fifth and twelfth, I was like, "Really, the Rickenbacker mm. featuring fifth? That's that's very high up on the list for something that's relatively hard to get hold of. Still, they don't make an awful <laughs> it, lot of them. And- yeah, it's still still made in in one one shop in Southern California. You know, like they don't the the fact that you could see that without like a massive production facility uh, or multiple facilities is is really surprising yeah to me yeah yeah exactly of course lovely to see the bronco come in 16th i think that's that's very cool indeed um and you're welcome (laughs) 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 but actually the biggest surprise for me is in at number six the squire classic vibe base six Ah, that's the biggest surprise for you i'm not gonna you go on because I'm. No. <laughs> I'm also going to share my biggest surprise, which yeah, is higher well, I, up. I, I I was. I'm surprised by it because I love them, but I think of it as it's almost a gimmick. Like I guess this mm. could be in this list because a lot of people take a punt and then sell them again. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that was probably, my thinking on seeing it was that's that's a very punt instrument. It's probably I, the same ten bases that just been bought and <laughs> just sold in rotation. <laughs> but, um, it's not that availability is even good. It's just it's just no, the the same it, little group. Yeah, <laughs> but touring I, I was, the world, I, I would expect to see such such a punty instrument it's, you know well put it's, it is a punty instrument mm. i would expect to see that you know i don't know maybe 20th but not not sixth the sixth most popular bass guitar sold on reverb is arguably not a bass guitar you know it's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah uh, it's, it's it's definitely a little a little um a little left of center mm. i'm i'm sure Many of us have had a similar experience where we play it on its own in a store. Think, oh my god, this sounds so stunning. Through pedals, sounds absolutely unbelievable. Take it home and then try to work it into our bands and spend potentially a short amount of time trying to argue that same point before casting it aside. Yeah, <laughs> not to be played well. much again. And I think it's it's such a crying shame because I absolutely adore the sound of bass sixes and baritones alike. Um, yeah, I, I feel like mo- the majority of players just have that same struggle to yeah. where to where does it sit? Where does it belong? Does it replace a guitar? Does it replace a bass? I uh, I, I worked out what my problem with with a bass six is recently. Mm. In that I I love the way they sound, um, like with a pick, palm muted. Oh yeah, clean. Mm. I love that tone. I could use that tone all day. The problem is in most of the stuff that I actually do, I do need to drive. 
I, I need to be overdriven more yeah. often than I'm clean. And as soon as you overdrive a bass six, it sounds like a guitar. It's, mm-hmm. it's when it's clean. It deals clean, with drive very differently. Yeah, yeah, very differently. And I don't like that sound. Mm-hmm. I don't like the guitar drive. Well, you know, it's, it's a good sound, but not for the role yeah. I need to play. That's yeah. not how I need to sound. So that's why I've never been able to commit to it anywhere outside of playing, you know, at home. Mm. Is that it's just, it does the clean thing amazingly. I, I, I love um, hearing the basics in uh, uh, football, etc. They... You know, the, the perfect use of the basics, but I, I, yeah, I can never get that, never get exactly what I want from it. Yeah, is is it as straightforward as as like a string gauge thing? Do you think is it as straightforward as maybe a pickup, uh, maybe, like a stock yeah. pickup issue, just in terms of how it handles it? Those are the two obvious things to me. So I'm curious, had you any, it's, any thoughts beyond? I, do you know what I, I've been? Me and me and Matt went halves on one of the shell pink ones. Um, oh, you did, st- yeah. It still hasn't arrived. J- Jay got oh. his, but of course, you know, Jay works for Fender, so you know he, he was able to pull some strings. But uh, my and Matt still has a go. I love it. We, you, me and Matt were like, Jay, do you think you know maybe you could sort us out a pink a pink bass six? And Jay was like, Oh, I'm sorry, mate. No, I, I don't think I can. And and so we bought ours through Andertons. Two weeks later, Jay's like, Hey guys, check out my pink bass six. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable he, he tucked us up there but so we're gonna get that and i think maybe i'll let matt mod the pink one and i'll i'll mod my sunburst one that's been sitting around but nice. string gauge i have I, ha- I did get like a custom set of strings made for it and i went up to i went up to like a, a 105 on the on the low e oh nice okay it's that string spacing on a bass six, 105, I mean, you know, listener, you, you understand it. It's like it's the same string spacing as a guitar. Having a 105 on your low end makes it very difficult to pick your E and A string with any precision yeah. at all. Because mm-hmm. it's just there. Well, and with, with any gusto, like you just, you're just like daintily picking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I did that in order just to get it down. A, a step. I want to get mm. into D standard, but I think I I've just accepted now that that is not something that a basics can do. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll just make it sound good in E standard instead. Nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, one thing I couldn't help but notice as well in the rankings was a great representation for PJ, um, yeah. which brings me to my next shocker, which was number four, the Ibanez Micro Bass. Oh yeah! Oh, that's the that's the micro. That's the micro base at number four out of twenty. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yes, it's the the GSRM twenty. I just thought it was a cheap SR. I didn't even look at it because because dear listener, it just says the names on the on the ranking list we've got. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that is really weird. You're right. Yeah, and another another kind of super budget instrument as well. Um, I mean, I love them. I I really can't can't knock the micro bass but i'm i'm super super curious who's picking them up um are they a super popular first bass um for those maybe who are into into the physically smaller instrument are they are they one to dip your toe into the short scale pool with um but yeah i i was trying to jog my memory as to whether they were pj and of course they are much like much like a lot of the talman series as well um, but yeah, great, great Ibanez um, representation. 
I think I think that's it's it's a punty one that one again, isn't it? That's sort of mm. crept mm-hmm. in unintentionally because I'm looking back at the the transaction history on Reverb. Yeah, and, you know this. They've gone for as little as seventy seven pounds. Uh, the, these it's these rude not to for seventy seven pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, I I mean I get the sense that like just I'd be curious to know if in if nothing else changes with instrument availability wise all that that if they would still be as popular because it sort of feel like in two years time because it sort of feels to me like it's a lot of people picking up bass to record bass who it, it feels to me like a lot of people who are not bassists picking up that bass yeah to yeah. Mm-hmm. to have a bass and and being like well it's p and j it's a brand i've heard of this all you know and it seems like a bass i've seen other people play yeah you know so yeah. it, it feels mm-hmm. very very oh we're doing everything at home now um what i i just need a bass kind of bass yeah, yeah they're, absolutely they're great i'm going i'm going a step further and i've actually um i was doing this on, on buying one right now <laughs> <laughs> jd i'm not joe branton you know this oh, yeah, that's right. um yeah. no I, I was doing this on um on a few that we were speaking about a few moments ago but i've i've just uh checked in on the on the reviews of the micro bass just because my my curiosity was piqued and in four sample reviews it goes across someone who took a punt and speaks of the fun little bass quote unquote um another person bought for their seven-year-old another person said best beginner bass out there such big sound out of such a little instrument the neck alone is worth it finally and i thought this one was super interesting was uh i think maybe a pro player who said hard to believe the price of this instrument I've played out with it twice already. My other bass guitars, for comparison, are American Standard Mustang and American Standard P. Wow. Yeah. The micro's easier to play longer. Easier to play longer. So, for yeah, so obviously for long sets, I guess maybe they're doing... Um, sort of function function. work or something yeah yeah yeah. um and it's deeper fundamental than either fender buy one you won't be sorry oh wow shots fired (laughs) (laughs) i mean just for those guitar players deeper fundamental is like the harshest thing bass players can say to each other about their instruments that yeah (laughs) the the claws are out when deeper fundamentals are are brought into the conversation absolutely that is absolutely right but yeah, that, so that was the that was the list. We won't do the mm-hmm. acoustics, but dear listener, you know, do go check them out. It's really interesting, really interesting to see what's there. Let's have a look at effects pedals because well, oh, it was amazing to see Fender dominate the the you know the guitars. You could almost say, well, yes, I can see why a company that have invested in Fender Play that's of their management, their new direction, their new releases have been so unbelievably on point that they have become you know a shining beacon for all other companies to you know just just witness the incredibleness that is fender over the last few years so it's it's not surprising as much as it is interesting to read whereas on effects it is just crazy there's i can't I can't work out why some of the things have happened. I don't know who you yeah. people are out there <laughs> buying some of these things. I just, I have never been so off the mark. With gear of the year round the corner, I am so unbelievably off the mark with what is popular. Um, but yeah, so on effects pedals, Reverb have been kind enough to um, to 
divide it up into pedals that were released this year, which they've done a top 10 of because less stuff has been released this year, yeah. and um, and a top 20 for pedals overall. So we'll start, as it's displayed in the article, we'll start with pedals released this year. In at number one, a fantastic pedal, but I haven't seen anyone talk about it. I have one here. Um, uh, Bruce at ADG is is a wonderful human being and is al- always makes sure ADG, sorry, dear listener, distribute for earthquake devices in the UK. He always makes sure we've got anything that you know any of the companies he represents um, release. Earthquake devices, Astral Destiny. I spoke about this pedal when it came out. I think it's incredible, but it's very niche. That's number one. We're talking about a mm. a, a sort of a, a multi-affecting reverb pedal, like an effects reverb, you know, that does sort of shimmery things or uh, ascending octaves and stuff. Like, it's a weird pedal, you know. It's it's perfect for bedrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I guess it is. It's perfect for being able to strum D and then hear it last <laughs> sort of eternity, for, for eternity Str- and stuff. Strum D as a note yeah. and or Sorry. chord, yes, everyone. Yes, yeah. <laughs> value value for money and time in strumming D. There you go. Exactly. But um, a, a very creative pedal, I would say, as opposed to straight up utility, maybe like, like yeah. you would expect to be... Uh, be quite popular i I agree it's quite specific um demos i've heard it sounds absolutely incredible have you have you um so have you had one joe have you had one come through oh sick okay it's on my shelf bruce keeps asking me to send it back but i haven't Um, (laughs) bruce uh, if you're listening we're sorry bruce the wonderful human that is bruce Um, but, Who, who's always kind and never chases too much. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do need to definitely send that back. But it is it is incredible. It's just, I don't know, again, I expect to see this 10th. It's a weird, it's a weird pedal. You know, I'm expecting to see, I don't know, the Boss HM2W or right. know, something like that first. Something functional, something that is globally popular. Maybe mm. a reissue of something or, you know, a, a new version of something that is popular. Not not something as weird as that. But, yeah, in at number one. And they managed to get number one and number two um, slot as well. Yeah. And the, the number two is the is the Boris collaboration one, right? That's the Zumatas, the right? The Zumatas, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I mean, that's one that I've had in my... In my like, maybe I should take a punt on one of these because it's because I love I love Big Muff style stuff, and it would just be really cool to see. And I love those you know, like the early seventies muffs, which again is a piece of gear that I uh, gifted to a, a friend that uh, I applaud how good I am as a human sometimes <laughs> to other people, <laughs> but <it>. not myself. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, it looks like a great pedal. I've not got to try this this one out, but you know, the, uh, I guess it's good that yeah, a big muff is in at number two, essentially, isn't yeah. it? You're like the latest yeah. version of a big muff has made it in at number two. So of course, that wonderful fuzz drive, that legendary pedal, you know, responsible for so many tones, is in at number yeah. two. That's that's good. But 
incredible to see Earthquake devices in at one and two and testament to how that brand have gone from like a few weeks ago, me and Matt spoke about watching the Juan Odorete rig rundown that he did for, uh, for premier guitar where he's got a like pre-production, one of the first earthquake devices pedals before they'd really even settled on a logo. And he mentioned how like a fella, as in the you know the the guy who owns Earthquake Devices gave it to him after a gig, and you know asked mm. asked him to try it out. That's where Earthquake Devices started out with them, you know, just handing pedals to sort of semi-famous bass players at a show. To now being the first and second most popular new effects pedal on the biggest buying and selling guitar platform in the world. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. I, yeah, I mean, the other <laughs> thing is like, I mean, you probably know this too, like d- dealing with everyone at Earthquakers, like they're all such nice, genuine people that you can't help but want everything good to happen absolutely for them, yeah. you know and so yeah. it's just like it's like seeing seeing that has been like that's that's incredible and it's it is like a really really good achievement yeah, yeah to to see incredible gear and in on any industry level to kind of noticeably uh see a great team behind it is yeah it certainly certainly makes it all all the better to see such success as, as coming in top of these sorts of lists. Yeah. I think Earthquaker have just been so super creative in everything they've done. Mm, yeah. Um I feel like they've they've just nailed multiple aspects with with just about every release. <clears throat> they were one of the first brands certainly where I really started to pay attention to artwork. Um yeah. in terms of current releases, so in the last sort of like six, seven years, etc. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder how responsible Earthquaker devices are really for the um, the success of boutique brands as a whole. I feel like they were the yeah. they were one of the early ones because I think mm-hmm. you know certainly the ones to hit. The, I'm sure you know JD how boutique brands hit the UK and the US were very different, but for yeah. us it was you know Pigtronics and Zvex yeah. were the first mm-hmm. non you know Boss and Electroharmonics brands that we were seeing coming over. Um, and, and you know, uh, whilst they did fine, Earthquake were the first ones to to seemingly do incredibly to make weird, fun pedals, but become a what seemed like a big company. I know they're actually still a relatively small, you know, company, um, but yeah, incredible for them to dominate and for the third and fourth place for for another yeah. boutique company, Walrus Audio. To come in with, and and this is the, in at third, the second reverb we've got on this list. I guess the Astral Destiny is technically a reverb. The the Walrus Audio, the Mako, is it Mako or Mako? I, I always thought it was Mako. Oh, Mako, was let's Mako. go Mako. Yeah, let's go Mako. Yeah, that would do. Their R1, um, which is their, their high fidelity reverb. But crucially, I think with this one as well, that's a 320 pound pedal. You know that's 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 a that's a pretty premium effects unit to be in third, the third most popular new release according to you know how people have purchased on Reverb. Yeah, and and right next to it to get their their ACS um, yeah. as well. Ca- yeah, which is their their amp and cab simulator, which you know goes to show. Well, it's it's of course 
of course, we are seeing results of the pandemic here. You know, people are playing more at home. And the mm-hmm. a- ACS, I think, was one of the, yeah, I think it came out before the Iridium. Uh, no, it can't have come out before the Iridium because the Iridium's not on this list and it is on the other one. So I guess, I mean, it's nearly a £400 pedal. Yeah. Um, you'd expect, oh, I guess it is, it's, it's, it, you can't judge it because it's not in the same list as the iridium but I, I still i'm surprised to see it being this you know a 400 pound amp and cab sim in the in the top five which is pretty impressive yeah it's yeah i i think it's get i think it's just really interesting looking at looking at what's in the list because you don't see because even i mean so fifth just quickly fifth is way huge sixth uh jhs Seventh, eighth boss. That's the first like big, big company, really. You know, yeah, like that you absolutely. you would see is like seventh and eighth, and they're the only two pedals from the big pedal manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the, there's no EHX on this. There's like nothing else. It's just like, hmm, that's like from from the traditional big pedal manufacturers. I would say, like, yeah, such an interesting, interesting development to actually look at the the data of it as opposed to just being like i feel like everyone's buying earthquaker but now there's a yeah no they are and instead of other like other brands because you sort of always think like yeah if you buy 10 pedals you're gonna a handful of them are going to be boss and ehx because i mean let's face it we all have you know limited amounts of money sometimes but then like also being like yeah and you would expect like an earthquake or something i would think i this is it's really interesting yeah. to look at yeah, yeah it is i feel as well um i don't want to be the one who always harps on about budget gear but here i am um interesting i thought as well that there aren't any kind of super budget pedals in in this top 10 either um, obviously, as like as you just touched on, JD. Obviously, Boss and EHX are are known to be you know the big and the affordable companies. But like, um, this could be my my release radar being way off for twenty one. But like, I would have expected to maybe see some brands like Moore in there, some brands like TC. Yeah, I I mean I I I do think this is like you know if you think like globally mm. uh, like I mean in both senses globally mm. but like the the pandemic it's like if it, the without being able to go to shops and play amps or guitars you know like it's it almost feels like well i'm probably guitar i, I would like to see overall sales numbers sans fender let's just take them out of it as per discussed earlier but like look at those those overall numbers and just say like is this the time where people weren't just trying to get like a random phaser yeah for a song yeah for because, sure you know, are, are these would, like does does all of this represent more informed choices where people had that bit of time to do more research that they couldn't have before yeah or they just you weren't you you didn't want to drop two grand on a guitar you hadn't played mm-hmm. but you could spend 300 on a pedal that you haven't sure that you hadn't played or you're like you know actually i really like it or you've had your you know your multi-effects or any number of like plugins or amps, you know, like, um, you know, like modeling VSTs and stuff that you could play and say, you know what, I actually do really like, you know, I really do like phasers. What's the best phaser that I can get in my price range as opposed to, 
Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we both said. (laughs) (laughs) Return of bass guitar nerds where everyone agrees (laughs) and wishes each other well at the end. I I do think it normalizes a bit more when we get onto the the next list, which is mm. best overall, mm-hmm. which yeah. we'll come on to uh, in a bit. I, I think actually we'll we'll do that on the Patreon because we are coming up to the end of uh, of this week's episode, dear listener. But um, it normalises a bit there. So I do think this list, the first list for releases from 2021, is also a result of, as we discussed, like Naomi, you know, last week on the Year of the Year predictions, there hasn't been a lot of new stuff for various mm-hmm. reasons Absolutely. from a lot of brands. So this is unusual. It is an unusual selection of uh, of pedals. Nice to see. So uh, so uh, uh, as JD mentioned, 7 and 8th were Boss. That was the HM2W, which only just came out. So that's incredible Quick. that it's, it's gone straight <laughs> into it that spot. You want to like give it a few more months. I, I think that was the sort of pedal I expect to be winning something. It's, you know, it's it's legendary. Mm. Everyone wanted an HM2 Wazakraft version, yeah. you know, it's it, it it was a good it was a smart release by Boss. Um yeah. Yeah. And then the other Boss pedal is the SD1 40th anniversary edition. What? Like you're talking about <laughs> the same pedal in a different finish for a bunch more money. Like I expect that to go to collectors. I don't expect that to hit top tens. So it just goes to show. I doubt that many did sell. I imagine just not a lot of new stuff <laughs> came out. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think about it. I was trying to think like what new stuff really did come out that was that was of like what we would say like more affordable big you know big brand range you know like was was it a thing it was like you know we really do need to innovate in our 60 pound chorus stroke uh envelope filter you know yeah. or is it yeah we've already got 12 someone will if they want one they'll get one you know yeah. like, anyway yeah well I, I you know what i mean I, I do i do i was just looking up my little list of things that came out this year to see you know if Stuff that I was not necessarily surprised not to see in there because a lot of it's niche, but other things that were great. No, no Boss IR two hundred or SY two hundred. Admittedly, I guess they didn't come out that that long ago. Um, you know, I guess a lot of the stuff is is niche, but the you know the Boss Tone Bender. I don't know if that is that that's technically. I think that is just this year. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe something like. You know, Jackson Audio, they released that that fuzz, um, the, the, mod, the mod modular fuzz. fuzz. Yeah, yeah. That, that came out this year. Benson released a fuzz. I mean, actually looking through this list, a lot of the stuff is niche, so maybe wouldn't get a top 10. I mean, I mentioned it last week, Naomi, but the solid gold Imperial fuzz is, you know, absolutely for me, the, the best thing I've plugged in this year. So, mm, mm-hmm. um, And also, you know, I'll talk about it next week on the podcast, dear listener, but um but again sent by bruce the i got a, a kma guardian of the worm through um mm, which yeah. i know on toman has been one of their best-selling pedals which i am surprised by because we're talking about an expensive like a 300 pound um essentially an hm2 with a noise gate on it and a bunch more controls like a graphic and stuff like that but it looks really cool uh, it looks amazing it's obviously very well timed to release a a dune themed pedal and i wonder how much way huge uh, and there are tradies Uh, benefited from uh, 
I I will also say I have had an uptick in uh, like Spotify and everything else plays. Oh, of course, because so, bass it, bass very good. Bass doubler <laughs> is uh, uh, JD's uh, JD's solo stuff is all Dune inspired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a good time for Dune style stuff. Um, but you know. Even that, the Guardian had won. Fantastic pedal is very popular on Toman, obviously. I'm just, you know, that that didn't make it in there. Thorpey, you know, nothing from Thorpey in there. I know they're a niche mm. brand, but they're certainly <laughs> extremely popular. But um, so, yeah, so an 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 interesting list overall. We are. That is all the time we've got. Uh, on on this week's regular episode we're going to go across to the patreon now dear listener you should come and join us we're going to talk um all about the top 20 um best-selling pedals overall uh on reverb so it doesn't have to be released this year and we're going to see see how this is shaken out and what classics are still featuring in the top 10 but do do come over and join us you can become a patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier, you get this episode ad free and early, which is, you know, almost a bad idea at the moment because, you know, you got all the Black Friday deals in, in the, the ads this week. Uh, $5 gets you access to the Patreon special and our entire back catalogue. And the $10 tier gets you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. You can find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Good Brian. Steve Davis and Daniel Walker, Ben Harder and Troen Brown, Holly Simpson and John Cutaway, Eric Vaughan and Russell Ingling. Guitarist and Kyle Harris, oh clown, lift and so hop on Sean Hughes, Brian Hansen, Shane, and Eric Hepper, Jeffrey Wax and Samuel Frost, Brian Einstein, Gavin Bandalinden, Andy Badley, Robert Butterworth, Scott Arting, Mark Itzow, Karawaki, Simon, Robson and Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams and Eric File, Joe Puttick, Jack Cutmore, James Daw, Abe Matthews, Ken Sayers, Oh, Kai to be at the band and John Anglin, Ross Edwards, Nate Nagel and Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman and Dave Lee, Jake Gray and Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lowson and Blake Wiley, Derek Hill, Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 